1: Pushing up the vote,
2: the, the Democratic version of the open up the government bill. Uh, and Chad Pergram is with us. Chad, uh, what's the word there? Well, this vote is still open. Uh, the Democratic plan, this is to invoke cloture, to end debate, to break a filibuster there. It needs 60 yays. It's not going to get 60 yays. So this is what we expected, the fait complete. But here's the news flash on this we have more defections from the Republican side of the aisle than we had on the Democratic side of the aisle for the Republican plan a few minutes ago. So far, we've had Republican Senators Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, Johnny Isaacson of Georgia, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Susan Collins of Maine, and Cory Gardner of Colorado vote with the Democrats. What does that mean? What's going to mean that when they close this vote in the next five minutes or so, that the Democratic plan scored more votes than the Republican plan, the plan propounded by the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and President Trump. That's significant. Now again, this is a more narrow plan, it's just to reopen the government through the end of February, February 28th. So, you know, the the real-time analysis here, Shep, is that maybe the path to just get the government back open and then they can negotiate some of these other things. That's something that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has talked about for a long time. Let's just get the government open. And what you're starting to see are cracks in you know, that dam of people saying, "All right, you know, we're going to go along."
3: it." so program,
1: apparently the dueling tax bills failed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even bother reading the dueling bills because it was DOA, <laughs> right? And everybody knew it was that.
3: A waste of time. What? What? What was that?
1: What was that whole thing for?
3: Don't we have other pressing issues, I would think, at this moment?
1: I mean, you know, they it, it did nothing. I don't understand what the purpose of the government getting excited that they were going to, um, you know, have these dueling bills, you know, sub, uh, you know simultaneously basically voted on. When everybody knew that Dems were just gonna vote for their bill and no Republicans were gonna vote for it and the Republicans were just gonna vote for their bill and no and So see, it was a utter waste of time. An utter waste of time. Meanwhile, eight hundred thousand is the government opened yet, Gary? I don't know. No, I the don't the think winter so. solstice south job, that's what I call it. Remember, because it right. happened right before uh you know the, the winter solstice,
3: right? This is getting ridiculous.
1: Is it gonna last to the summer solstice? You know, I don't know. But I, I tell you this much.
3: I think people are tired of it already.
1: Americans more you know whether you say the 800,000 government workers who are out of work or furloughed or whatever they cannot live paycheck to I mean a lot of them live paycheck to paycheck right. more or less skipping two consecutive paychecks. And and by the way n- neither can most Americans. Right. Now, so apparently, you know, you could blame them for not having their cash reserve set up or their emergency fund. Well,
3: regardless of that, I mean, it's the bottom right. line is That's that my point. the government, you know, we're not doing our job. I saw something on one of the headlines saying uh, people's hatred of Trump is bigger than just trying to come together. It, it's more of a politicians? politicians. Yes. The hatred of Trump is is more important than just coming to the table, trying to work something out.
1: Right. So and I don't think Americans got were had got any more confidence in our elected officials when they saw the results of the dueling bills both fail. Because I think a lot of people are saying, what are they doing? Nothing. And where is this going to end and when is it going to end? Right. And, you know, so now the point is. This is something that's totally beyond your control. And if you don't think that the government shutdown is going to affect you because you're not a government right. worker, I, I don't know. <laughs> you better be careful about that. I mean, could this be the spark that sets off a U.S. recession, Carrie? Mm, I don't know. Now, now, maybe not a U.S. recession, but what about a first quarter GDP growth of under 1%? Because a, a lot of uh, experts believe that's what's going to happen here right now. And if you don't think if you think that's good for the country, I don't know. You know, and if, if you know, and if, if you're saying, well, what can I do? Well, yeah, you've got one vote
3: or call your congressman. Tell um,
2: them how
1: you but feel. the idea is, you know, you've got to make sure, uh, you know, have you got your cash reserve set up? Because nobody's job is safe. No. Anyone could be in that position tomorrow. And apparently what we're learning is that, you know, Americans uh, in in general aren't following all of our financial advice.
3: Or sometimes circumstances, sometimes there's the ideal versus right. the reality.
1: So, you know, they're not saving their money. They're not... Um, you know building cash reserves um they have not filed the Dave Ramsey plan of don't use any debt i could go on and on and on and i get that it's not easy mm-hmm. but don't just say that you have no compassion for 800,000 government workers and by the way that by the way it won't affect me anyways because it might
3: right all right well good morning everyone You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational radio talk program sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is an Ohio-registered, fee-based fiduciary planning firm um, that focuses on solving problems, saving money, and we've been helping people in the greater Cleveland area for more than 34 years now. We're not investment advisors. What we do is build realistic, conservative plans. Uh, We're numbers crunchers. We use math models for projections to help people analyze their financial choices and give them the most net benefit or to help them know exactly what steps they should take to accomplish their financial goals, and that's whether you're working and saying, um, what are real Realistic retirement dates based on the type of retirement lifestyle you can have. A lot of times people say, Well, when can I retire? Well, I know, Mark, you'll always say, You can retire today, but what does that mean for the future? And unfortunately, well, sometimes circumstances force you to retire earlier than planned.
1: Right. Yeah. I always say, You know, I say, well, when the client says, Well, when or a new uh, client coming in, maybe saying, Mark, I want to know when I can tri- retire. Yeah. I, I chun and cheek say, Well, you can retire tomorrow. You know, Mm -hmm. no one's holding a gun to your head, but but there's a point. If you want to know what type of lifestyle you can have for the rest of your life, if you want to retire tomorrow, well, now we have something to talk about.
3: Right. And those are the things, you know, it's building that realistic retirement plan and and focusing on the mandatory living expenses with different inflationary, but the discretionary, which is kind of the fun part. Some people are willing to work longer to be able to do that discretionary spending. Some people won't. Um, and then people who are in retirement, a lot of times you've saved money. Um, you have money in company plans. You might have money in Roth. You might have money in qualif- non-qualifieds. Well, how do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible, especially under these new favorable rates that you might want to take advantage and build up your cash reserve or create the spending that you want um, and pay the least amount in taxes and accumulative over your lifetime. Those are the things that we do in addressing some of the financial challenges people face. You know, sometimes, like I said, sometimes people retire earlier and plan whether it's, you know, maybe health issues, um, maybe the company was downsized, you're forced to retire, or maybe you've just had enough. Um, Also, people who are in retirement sometimes aren't doing the things that they want to do because they don't know. So, Planning gives you clarity. It saves, it can save you money in circumstances depending on the choices you make. Our role is to do enough analysis so the choices become easy and help you through the process. And like our um – we're a fee-based, again, fiduciary planner. Like our plans, our fees are customized. We have both hourly and retainer options. And we do offer a free consultation for people who want to come in and see how our process is different because we're not the investment advisor. and In fact, people ask how that works we often work with our clients' existing investment advisors, and we've got to know one. So sometimes people call in and want to know. You know, we can definitely give you names of um, different investment advisor we worked with in the area. Or a lot of times, our client plays that role; they do investments themselves. What We do is that missing piece and that free consultation. You know, we do some analysis, uh, preliminary analysis, if you provide us information ahead of time. Because of the weather, and we're in in winter, um, we can do consultations by phone or in person, and our 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 home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have offices around the greater Cleveland area. Um, Take advantage of the free consultation. You'll see how we're very different. There's no pressure. We really only recommend our services if we feel there's some value and benefit that we can bring you through our planning process. So if you want to take advantage of the consultation, you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 that's 440-239-2090. Also visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. You can sign up for newsletters. I'll post new classes. The newsletter will give you financial news, uh, the classes, and other helpful information. There's some good resources, calculators, and other things on that website. And if you want to know information on us, too, um, that's financialfoodforthought.com. We did, I want to announce, we are accredited and A-rated members of uh, the Better Business Bureau and A-rated on Angie's List. And we got an announcement this week that we won the 2018 Super Service Award on Angie's List. So I appreciate um, the clients that did reviews and that... Um, you know, that we get that award for providing um, outstanding service and, and value to our clients. So I, you know, wanted to thank people for that Absolutely. and thank people for coming out to our class this week. The weather cooperated. We had good timing for our class on retirement planning. We, it was updated a little bit different this time than classes from last year.
1: Right. I'll talk a little bit about that and, and um, thank you. So you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we like to say we do it one plan, one family at a time. And we've been doing classes, Carrie, for at least 25, if not 28, right. or I don't know how many years we've been doing them. Classes, for almost a long been time. 34. But um, yeah, thank everyone who came out to the class. And a, a good discussion, and I might even touch that a little bit. Today carry on the fifty thirty twenty rule. Okay, which is um, getting a little bit more. Uh, no, you know, no, you know, what am I trying to say? Um, people are starting to learn about right. it. It's not maybe as popular as the four percent rule or some of the other retirement planning rules, and that's maybe because it's really not a retirement planning rule. It's maybe really an accumulation rule if you're just starting up but okay. the question that that we had in the class of the, the, or the the idea I bring up the class is you know we know the 50 30 20 rule of budgeting can work for a 24 year old just starting off the question is can it save the 50 year old who hasn't started saving for retirement yet so if you and so kind of you know had a little discussion on that at the class and and um, I've got some m- numbers today. Let's see what else is going on. Well, no, State of the Union address this week mm-hmm. coming up, right? That's great news. I mean, I mean, the,
3: what's it? Are we, are unless I mean, they're gonna, really, unless they're coming to talk about a solution, there's really nothing to talk Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't it's, it's hear so it. traditional.
1: No, I disagree with you, Carrie. Really? This, this, uh, State of the Union is a traditional that I'm, and I think a lot of Americans are saying, are, really, you guys can't even get together for one night on a tradition that's been going forever? Right,
3: but I guess it, I just would like them to come to solutions because I'm so tired. Tired of the politicians. But, but
1: so you throw out the whole State of the Union? I'm not, Are you kidding I'm just
3: me? Maybe postpone it.
1: Postpone until- it. Just forget about it. <laughs> throw them all out.
3: Oh, I agree with that.
1: Um, they don't care anything about you.
3: No, they don't.
1: Does everybody get that?
3: <sighs>
1: all right. No Elizabeth Warren has got the solution, Carrie okay, so I'll talk a little bit about the new wealth tax she wants now
3: oh yeah, I'm sure people read headlines on that
1: um now first so, of all,
3: is she in line with um Cortez Sandy yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, she she actually, we can thank Sandy because now it's no longer the one percenters. We're just going to call them the tippy toppers.
3: Tippy top, And you know, it's funny because you said that last week. I found an article that people talked about referencing Elizabeth Warren, referring to the tippy top. Elizabeth
1: like, Warren used the
3: term. I know. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, she's, I mean. Maybe she's going to appeal to. She's so them.
1: original. She had to use, you know, Sandy's tippy top. <laughs>
3: Oh my goodness!
1: You know, and 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 I don't get too excited from campaign promises from presidential candidates,
3: right? It doesn't right. mean more anything. or
1: less even a president himself. So, and there's a lot of Democratic, you know, people have thrown their head into the ring. Okay. I can't even pronounce most of their names. I I've never heard of them before.
3: And at the same time, it's so we're early. We're still two and we have years away. Shot,
1: it's like... they're gonna, I think they're going to have more than what the Republicans Remember the Republicans have, what, 17 up on? What this yeah, had? they may. I think, I think they may be going for 20. Um,
3: they got to do that campaigning for uh, fundraising.
1: So we'll talk maybe a little about the Warren's wealth tax and the people that have been talking about that for a number of years. Um, let's see what else we're going to talk about. In February, I just want to let people know: um, in February, or th- through the month of February, uh, this radio show we're going to be zeroing in on encore careers. Okay, so every week in, the, in our February shows, we'll have a little uh, sec, you know, a bit on encore careers because more and more uh, the baby boomers are realizing that may be my only savior. Mm-hmm. You know that um, I have, you know, I, I I'm going to need some type of Income ongoing be, be, beyond the traditional you know retirement age or, of or 65. do you know
3: or how many times do you have people tired of maybe they've done right. their job for so long and it's not that they have a bad job or they don't have a or they don't make a good wage they're just tired they're ready for a change in something else.
1: Um, let's see what else. So we'll be we'll be highlighting that. Maybe we'll even get started a little bit on that today if we've got time. Um, grandparents. If if you're listening, okay,
3: mm-hmm.
1: there's a scam I want to talk about that's out there targeted to you, mm-hmm. and it's been around for a long, long time. Right, and it's still working.
3: Which I'm amazed because I've heard. I mark what is it? Ten years ago, I remember you okay. talking about it.
1: So if you you know if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about the grandparents scam that has not stopped and grandparents continue to fall for it and they continue to give their money over to crooks um, let's see okay so the 50 30 20 rule Carrie,
2: mm-hmm. right
1: um, so we know if you're not familiar with it just in in a in a nutshell it's just the idea well here before that let me should i get should i get the wealth tax out of the way
3: yeah let's talk about it Okay. Which is crazy.
1: Okay, and the only reason I don't know, you know, I don't know why we bother talking about this because it's it is so talk. far away from ever becoming real law. But I never thought that you know half the Democratic presidential candidates would come out and say they were socialists.
3: Right. Cause and look how do. well socialism is done in other okay. countries of the world.
1: So, but do you have to worry about the wealth tax? Well, if you got more than $50 million if in assets, the tippy I, top. I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, and you know what? Since that's just such a vague term.
1: What do you tippy, mean it's vague?
3: Well, I'm just saying, is tippy top, is it going to be the 1%? Is it going to be the 10% top? I mean, it's kind of—it's like the point
1: one percent. It's fifty okay. million in assets, Gary. Right? Okay. Um, so it
3: is the tippy tippy tub.
1: So it, it's probably less than point 0.1 percent of total U.S. Um, but the difference is the—it's not a tax on income. Okay. It's a tax on net worth. So it'd be, I guess, the most thing. State tax. Well, that would be the most thing similar. You know, people are, you know, remember the federal estate tax or the Ohio state tax. That was a tax on your net worth. You know, that's why a lot of times. New clients coming into us, carry when they see the net worth report, and we and we prepare a detailed net worth report right. for our client, and that's so one of the first things because a lot of people come in to see us and they don't really have that done. Now they may have a they may have an idea of how much investments they have, but they're they're or like che- well, well, savings. Well, why are you throwing real estate in there, Mark? Or or why are you throwing uh, life, life insurance, insurance, a death benefit, benefit of life insurance in there, Mark? Or or why are you throwing my personal property in there, Mark? Because under the old estate tax laws, that counted. Mm-hmm. And we also, what we show on our detailed net worth report, a lot of people don't have that coming in, is we show the ownership of all the assets. Now, in a world of no estate taxes, that loses some importance. Right. And since Ohio repealed their estate tax back in 2013, it's even having a less of importance. But we never got stopped out of the habit of doing that. Mm-hmm. Because why, Carrie? Because we never know when Congress is going to reinstate the in-state tax. Or when Elizabeth Warren's going to uh, create a new wealth
3: tax. Right. Because, call it what you want, it could be they they may call it something else,
1: because now if she does or if the Democratic Socialists do gain enough power uh. and they do d- decide that they're going to go after the tippy toppers and they're going to you know, the question is that the, 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 the they're going to maybe start with the tippy toppers. But will but they what? dial that down?
3: Or, yeah, well, they, they, okay. Now,
1: yeah, because we always remind people when you hear the presidential candidates talking about how they are going to give middle class tax cuts, remember, they might not be talking about you.
3: I would guess they're probably not talking about you.
1: Because if the medium income in this uh, country for a family of three or four is about $55,000 a year with a total net worth of under $100,000, that might not be you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Um, now, so what is the, it's a structural, we need a structural change, Elizabeth Warren says. Okay. Something brand new. She likes to call it the ultra millionaire tax. Okay.
3: But you know, like even those studies come out, even if you tax 100% of the 1%, it still wouldn't solve the problem. It still wouldn't give you money for healthcare. It still right. wouldn't solve. Carrie.
1: Sol- yeah. But that's income. See, they've okay. this is a wealth tax.
3: Right. So this is an estate tax.
1: No, you don't have to die. You pay this annually.
3: Oh, that's terrible. So if I make more, you're no, already getting No, no, no. If, no, if
1: you've got over $50 million No, right, assets, But I'm just
3: saying, you're getting taxed on those assets anyway, chances you, are. you're getting taxed interest, on the
1: income of those assets.
3: Right. Okay, interest, dividends, capital gains. Right. So now they're saying just because you have it? Yes. On top of the interest, dividends, capital gains. Yeah, you
1: get in the picture. Ooh, Okay. Um. So you're
3: penalizing someone because chances are they're paying high income taxes. Right. They're paying taxes on their wealth. Now she wants to tax again?
1: Yes. Yeah, so so you first, sand, you're going to get Sandy's, you know, 70% income tax on, you know, the aims over 10 million. Right. That's income based. Right. This is, this is worth based. Oh,
3: so you're going to get both. Sure. <laughs> yes.
1: Absolutely. And then we're
3: going to be like those other lovely socialist um, countries. Let's do, let's look at their fuzzy math.
1: You got that calculator? Does it Okay. Um. Okay, so here's the problem, Carrie. Right, one percent of Americans, okay, who who receive, you know, the, the high one percent of the highest income, okay, receive about twenty percent of total income.
3: Okay,
1: here's the inequality that the democratic socialists are going to solve,
3: because mm-hmm. they
1: say that's a problem. One percent of Americans earn twenty percent of all income. Okay. Okay. But now they're also saying 1% of the wealth holders collectively own more than 40% of total wealth. Okay. All right. This is the pay gap. This is the, you know, inequality. Okay. But
3: also at the same time, there's going to be inequality because people's motivations, their drives, their education, all these different things. God love people that want to work hard and earn it.
1: Okay. Now. So how? What is the tax going to be of the wealth tax? Well, it's going to be on fifty million of more of net worth. It would be a two percent tax, and if you got a billion or more, it's going to be a three percent tax. The billionaire surtax, they call it. Okay, um, to enforce this this tax plan. It would call for boosting funds to the IRS because nobody's working at the IRS right now. Um, and one-time penalty. So then, oh, so then, then they know if they if they put that in, all the billionaires are going to move, or right? G- of course. Leave why the would they? Because they're going to tax them if they move. See, it's going to have well, a backdoor tax. And I'm
3: going to move before if I was in that boat. I'd move if I knew it was going anywhere.
1: So they want to institute a one-time penalty on 50 million plus who try to re- renounce their U.S. citizenship. Hmm.
3: I don't know um, how you can do that.
1: It's also going to say the IRS, not, they're going to give them the funds because they're going to force the IRS to audit every year. Remember like the estate, like very, very few percentage of the income tax returns are really audited.
3: Right. The estate tax. In the,
1: on the estate tax world, a, a great percentage of them. Because
3: a, that was a bigger revenue generator. Makes right. sense. If you're
1: going to, you know. If you're going to
3: spend the time in your short staff, Yeah. You're going go to make the, bigger the, fish. The,
1: sure. Absolutely. OK, but the reason why it's never really caught on in the legal IRS code is because some people believe there's a constitutional um, uh, uh, constitutionally they can't do this. OK. Um, so let's see here. Um, but, you know, this is what the proponents say. And, you know, an extreme concentration of wealth means an extreme concentration of economic and political power. Although many policies can help address it, progressive income taxation is the fairest and the most potent of them all. Mm. Well, can we all agree that the government will never agree on what a real fair tax is? Right. Um, I mean, really, the only tax that I think all Americans would agree on is fair is a zero tax.
3: Right. Because once you
1: put a tax, it's not going to be fair to somebody.
3: Somebody. Right.
1: All right. Um, Life's
3: not fair always.
1: So what's the legal argument that you can't do this? Article one of the U.S. Constitution says that no direct tax can be levied unless in proportion to the census or enumeration. And then further, the 16th Amendment expanded Congress's power to collect taxes on in quotations here incomes from whatever source derived.
3: So income not without
1: regard to the census. Hmm. So that's why a lot of people say this wealth tax has never been instituted because it's constitutionally illegal. Hmm. All right. Um, now, how do they get away with the death tax then?
3: Yeah, I don't. Good I question. Guess,
1: you know, I, I mean, Cause but, they
3: call it something different. I know they should have a, a special tax just for anyone being in Congress. Right. Pol- a politician's tax or cap on what they can make and the rest they have to donate to charity or.
1: So, you know, <laughs> um, now Thomas Piketty, who was a world prominent economist, you know, back in 2014, they've been talking about this for a while. You know, his quote is I realize that this is unconstitutional, but constitutions have been changed throughout history, that shouldn't be the end of the discussion. God. <laughs> All right. Um Indiana Law Journal, you know, two prominent legal scholars, Don Johnson and Walter Dellinger, okay, argued the idea that a wealth tax, you know, you know, argued against the idea that a wealth tax is unconstitutional. You know, we believe this this conventional wisdom is wrong, and it's and its casual repetition has been harmful. Devising a progressive taxism that effectively taxes the wealthy is notoriously difficult. But whether a wealth tax is part of that system should depend on the policy choices of democratically elected representatives, not faulty constitutional understanding. Hmm.
0: So The trendy. rhetoric
1: is dangerous, Gary. You know, you, think? And, um, you know, and and that's why, you know, you know, these democratic socialists are running for president in 2020. Yeah, that's scary. And this is the, you know, I I always thought the problem, and that's why I hope Donald Trump does run in 2020, Mm -hmm. because I really think he's the only one that's got the you know what to call these people what they are. Right. I mean, certainly in Obama's first term, you know, first presidential, right. you know, John McCain, Sarah Palin, they would never call him a socialist, right? And even in, and you know when when Obama ran for reelection, right. now you had Mitt Romney, and I'm saying, and Paul Ryan, right? I'm saying, guys, you got to get up there on stage and call him a socialist,
3: or call him what he is. They yeah. never did, no. And that probably cost them.
1: You think Trump is going to not? Uh, no, you, Trump, you know, Trump has shy no away from calling them socials. He might even call them fascists. I don't know. But Carrie, go ahead. Give us a, oh, give but some yeah,
3: because we know how well Obamacare worked. It's like I don't know, Mark, if you saw the clip with um, you're going to call her Sandy, Cortez, Alexandra, whatever. Sandy, it's just so much easier. I know it's so much easier. When she was saying, they're saying, well, how are you going to pay for health care? And and this was an interview where saying, well, if your rent's cheaper, then it's cheaper. It doesn't matter. Like she wasn't answering the question. No. Oh. it's like everybody keeps throwing money at healthcare. The gaffes are Nobody's incredible. Nobody's talking about controlling the cost and getting a handle on how much things cost, especially as people get older. But remember, uh, remember
1: she, when she she d- d- dismissed the idea that uh, the, the unemployment low numbers. Right. She goes, "Well, the reason why unemployment is so low is because everybody has two jobs."
3: Well, no, they they.
1: And it's like that's not how they calculate it, Sandy.
3: Right. She's speaking and not making sense. But regardless, there's things you can control and things you can't. And regardless of what's going on, it seems like in our crazy world right now, um, you can control your own finances and know what steps you should take either in preparing for retirement or during retirement or how do you handle things um, that occur. A lot of times we don't talk about enough that we help people with life events. Not only it's not about retiring or if you're in retirement events, you know, we've helped clients who've gotten divorces and then knowing, hey, how does that affect Do I have to go back to work? Do I have to sell the house after a divorce?
1: We've helped clients who've gone through bankruptcies. Yeah. And how do you start over there?
3: Or even death, a premature death of a spouse. A lot of times, I know it's the legal end, but a lot of times we've had over the years, uh, because remember, we've been around for 34 years where we helped the spouse that maybe was the non-financial spouse, you know. She didn't know who to call or what. And we're that that outside objective advisor to go with her to the attorney meeting, go with them to the investment advisor meeting, go with them to the CPA, you know. And and they don't know what to do or did I, you know, her husband or the, in some cases the wife handled everything. It's a, that non-financial spouse. Um, and someone gets in, you know, sometimes there's somebody gets sick and those issues. Um, so we help people with a lot of different life events when it comes to their financial and analyzing and helping them make the best decisions for them and their family. And we offer that free consultation. Remember, we're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We've won super service awards multiple years. Um, so you can come in for that free consultation, take advantage of it. We do phone in person for people who are busy working. Some days we can do early morning and evenings. We know people are busy and trying to find time for to do's, but the people that come in and go through the process and see the value, it gives them a lot of clarity again. And we help people who are close to retirement or who are already in retirement. And you can call the estate planning team or get more information on our website which you can sign up for the newsletter, check out future classes. There's calculators and other helpful information at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Call the estate planning team office and we'll give you a call back on Monday at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com.
1: All right, and the wealth tax carry they say doing the fuzzy math that it will raise revenues about 2.75 trillion over 10 years.
3: Hmm. Okay, what about cutting spending? I never hear about that.
1: I don't think the socialists, <laughs> have, the democratic socialists have any intentions on
3: cutting spending. spending. Well, then, all right. Where are you going to get the money to do all these things? Gonna- and you're assuming everybody well, wants to work hard because people like free stuff. But at the same time, what about?
1: Well, what's noticeably missing in Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax or Sandy's, you know, 70 percent marginal income tax mm-hmm. rate is that they have not yet gone after the corporations hmm So when is that shoe going to fall?
3: Okay, and how's that going to affect jobs? And how's that going to affect Because that's consumers. where they're really,
1: once they get these things passed, right. they're really then going to go after the corporations. I, I,
3: okay, so then we're going to be, anybody who's working hard opinion. is going to get taxed more. Then if you if you tax and play heavy burdens on corporations, then you're going to have unemployment issues. And who's going to pay for that? Consumer. So I'm going to get taxed more, and goods are going to cost me more. Hmm. Not liking that. Um,
1: that's why... You know, we'll be talking about Encore Careers, Gary, (laughs) through the month of February. And we'll be talking about the opportunities. You know, we have the, you know, speaking of tax law, we had the, you know, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And so 2018 will be the first year where you may get the benefit of the 20% pass-through deduction. Okay. So if you do have any pass-through income as corporation, for example, uh, Schedule C, you know, the the Mm -hmm. idea is you better... Look at that if you're doing your own taxes at home or if you're using a professional, make sure there's a good discussion on whether you can qualify for that 20%. Or that may also, if you've been thinking about going out on your own in an encore career, you know, becoming your own boss and your own small business, that may be incentive for you to get off the couch and seriously look at that. And we'll also talk about what people, the types of encore careers, the old, the baby boomers are looking for. They're looking for the hobby careers, right? right. You know, they want something they they, they, they want to get paid for something they like to do. And chances are, if you're good at your hobbies, good enough, somebody might pay you to teach and them. And you
3: know what? We've had quite a few clients that actually ended up doing things. That they like to do and getting paid for it. I mean, that was just extra.
1: But we'll also be talking about how much, you know, are you, are you just going to go part of the gig? You're just going to drive an Uber? Uh, you, do you really know how much Uber drivers make? We'll talk much, about that. Not as much um, as they
3: advertise they do. But you know what? Also, but it's even if you need to work because you're tired of your nine to five job, part of what plant or nine to five. There's no such thing anymore. But um, how much do you really have yes, to you earn? Nancy Pelosi has yes, a nine to five job. She does it. She probably if if that. You know, how much do you have to earn to do those spending you want to do? Like how much? Sometimes people don't realize we've had plans where we've run where people want to stop working earlier than planned and they have to go get another job. We know and we say, okay, you need to earn twenty eight thousand a year, you need to earn sixteen thousand a year whatever and and you know playing that number game
1: right so we'll we'll talk we'll be talking about the different ways our clients have done it in the past Carrie right one could be the scale down you know where right. you want to get out of the you know 60 hour rat race that you were just referring to And you're saying, I can't do that anymore, Mark, but I, I still, I can still do 20, 25 hours. Yeah. Um, one could be the side hustle, right? That's getting more and more popular. You know, that's if you're working, but you need a little side hustle on the side to, you know, get a little extra scratch. Um, the new gig economy, just talked about that. Uh, consulting. You know, a lot of our Mm -hmm. clients at the peak of their careers, They've made a lot of contacts right. from customers of the of the business mm-hmm. they're working for, or the business themselves, and they want to retire, and the company doesn't want them to retire. Right. So you negotiate a consulting. Mm-hmm. How many of our clients in that? Care? Quite a few. You know, it never hurts to ask, right? A lot of those, a lot of those cases, they thought that wouldn't the company would never go for it,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then we said, well, why don't you ask them? And they're like, oh, really? And then they come back this like, I can't to- believe they're going for it, right? Um, small business owners, you know, entrepreneurs, are talk about that. Franchises, you know, some people go that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, buy a McDonald's or you know. Or some people now, we have to be
3: careful if people go into rentals because some people who've never done it before don't realize it's a lot more than they think, and other people we have clients that do it and they do very well and they absolutely love it.
1: That's particularly one. So I said that has
3: to be careful. Yeah, you
1: need a passion for that. I believe. I I
3: I think sometimes we've had clients get into it because they thought it was going to be lucrative and they thought it was going to be minimal effort, and I think they were surprised.
1: Um, but you know we can talk about. We'll also talk about the multi-level marketers. You know those are sometimes the scams, right, Carrie? Okay. You know. You know. Do you know what I'm talking about? You are talking there? about
3: like the pyramid schemes? Yeah, the
1: pyramid schemes. You got to watch them out for that. <laughs>
3: multi-level. I was like, <laughs>
1: well, they, they, you know, the, <laughs>
3: the
1: pyramid schemes, right? Remember like the Amway and yeah. uh, Mary Kay cosmetics. Those are some of the older ones, right? mm Hmm. But in reality, um, you know, there are some newfangled ones right. today. Right?
3: Well, people, we've had clients, we have clients that have made money on right. Mary Kay,
1: Lula Rose, woman's leggings. You heard about that? one? No.
3: Nope.
1: Um,
3: Is that a Herbalife? Or real
1: Herbalife? Are yeah. these
3: legit ones? Or well,
1: that's what? Yeah, these are the modern day ones. Okay. Um, even Amazon, you know, Am, you know, Amazon not himself, you know, uh, right. Amazon doing it, but people who say they'll teach you how to make money selling. To becoming one of the Amazon's uh, vendors. Okay. So, in other words, the idea you know, down but you have to have in down dirty way. In other words, go buy things at the dollar store and sell them on Amazon for two dollars. Okay. You know that's kind of a scam that's going on right now. So we'll talk a little bit about those in the upcoming. So that's going to be in the month of February, and we'll talk. We'll also talk about some famous tax court cases. Who the uh, whatever you call it, the small business or the self-employed or the uh, gig economy, you know, the gig worker was dragged in the tax court
3: because they
1: because maybe they didn't follow the rules.
3: Right. Or maybe their hobby really wasn't. Well, the hobby ones are
1: the classic ones.
3: Right. Those are you have to be careful under as far as
1: right. Yeah, we've got some uh, to uh, be able to uh, remember the Jacksons. I, remember, they were the ones that's a couple that they wrote off like their two hundred fifty thousand dollar RV. Oh yeah, I remember that they, story. They, they, they were. They said they were doing a business out of it. Um, yeah, that
3: didn't quite go the, well for them. To the, get the dreaded six six six. Oh yeah, team?
1: and um, but uh, or uh, there's another guy, Richard Maine. He was the one that he, you know, his hobby was basically restoring old cars. Mm-hmm. So he tried to make a business out of it. And Iris really didn't think he was putting much of a business effort. We'll see. We'll talk about that case, maybe. Um,
3: That sounds like fun if you're into old cars.
1: So, yeah. um, Susan Krill, remember her? She was the struggling artist. She she had produced over, like, 2,000 pieces of art. They were hanging in museums all over the world. Unfortunately, she never sold any for profit.
3: Oh, she donated.
1: Well, no. She just said that. I mean, no one was no one was really buying it. Okay, but she kept saying, "I'm an artist," and IRS right, said, really, "Is this a on, hobby or is this an artist?"
3: Right, and you have to be careful on income profit.
1: But she won,
3: so hmm. we might have to talk
1: about that. All right, so the 50-30-20 rule. So that stay tuned for those shows in February, or catch the February podcast. Carrie, where can they get the podcast? Uh,
3: WHk dot and go to. Um, local radio shows right at the top of the page and will be you can go to Saturday morning will be we're actually a few rows down at find financial food for thought podcasts.
1: Okay. So, the 50-30-20 plan. If you've got a malicious millennial at home and you want to get them launched and on the, on the right foot, if they follow this plan starting mm-hmm. at age like age 24, they'll be golden. Right. They're going to have a much better retirement than what you are, right. baby boomer, right? Okay, so and and I don't care if you're starting, you know, even if you're, you know, so in, in the class example, we we use a fifty thousand dollars salary, so that's either one or maybe that's a married a young married couple right. combining making mm-hmm. fifty thousand, right? Assuming a two percent increase on um, wages over time, a five percent rate of return on investments, and assuming let's say this plan begins at twenty one. Okay. So the 50%, 30%, 20% rule, it says that 50% is allocated to your mandatory living expenses. Right. Housing, hel- you know, healthcare,
3: healthcare, Groceries.
1: Groceries, gasoline for the car.
3: Auto insurance. Utility, you know, you know insurance, the, yeah.
1: the, the typical daily living expenses. Then 30% is for discretionary. That's entertainment, hobbies, Travel. travel. Okay. And then 20% goes into savings. Mm-hmm. That could be in your 401k. That could be a non-qual. I, you know, again, just it just go into savings. Hopefully, it's a 401k that you're getting free match on because that'll right. make it even better.
3: But then ideally, yeah, if you could put some in the 401k to the match, some you want to build a cash reserve. Exactly. So it's you want to not. It's, planning is never an all or one right. thing.
1: And maybe some in a 529 plan if that's right. in your uh, future. So, all right. So, the twenty-four-year-old has nothing to worry about. You know, by the time he retires it at sixty-seven, he's going to have two point one million in his uh, uh, investments. Nice. Okay, I think he. So we don't have to worry about. We know it works, right? Right. The idea that the quick, the the faster you start, the compounding works. Correct. Okay, but the question is, can the fifty thirty twenty plan save the fifty-year-old who hasn't started saving for retirement? yet? Hmm. OK, so let's see by 50, though, let's say they're not making and let's say they're making 100,000. OK, either between husband and Easier wife. Easier math. OK. And they still want to retire at
3: 67. OK. OK.
1: We're still going to assume they're going to get 2% increases on their pay for the remaining 18 years and we'll still assume a 5% rate of return on investments. OK. Are they going to, is that going to save them? Well, here's we have to now combine and, and dovetail in maybe the 4% rule along with the 50-30-20 rule. Right. Because So following the 50-30-20 plan, their cumulative savings at age 67 will be 685000 Okay. Is that enough?
3: Mm, I don't know. I, I think it's cutting it a little short.
1: It's not quite the million that we're supposed to have, right?
3: And I, I think that's such another rule. I mean, we talked about the class that having a million. I think that depends what type of lifestyle. How many times do we have people who i think everybody's definition of their retirement is going to be
1: right but but remember that, Carrie, this is the definition of 50 30 20 is that you reduce your expenses to fit in those parameters
3: right but i'm just saying it's some that's point, why I, that's right. why it
1: works for everybody right because it doesn't work for everybody because they don't fit their expenses in the parameters. because right, we
3: have some people that want to, like, hey, I've worked hard. I've done my job to save that. I'd like to spend more than 20%.
1: But let's now use uh, Benjen's 4% rule. So now this person is 68, okay. right? We're going to run 30 years like Benjamin, did. That takes him to 97. Is that long enough? Hopefully. Okay. Um, and now he's got the 685000 in his investments. He's going to stop. Bringing in the wages,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and he's going to, you know, take a 4% withdrawal starting in year one Okay, and increase it by 3.5% inflation. That's how Benjamin worked the numbers. Under that scenario, his balance of investments will be approaching zero at the end of the 30th year. This is a spend the last dollar in the last day plan. Right. By the way, if that's not your plan to spend the last dollar in the last day, then the four percent rule isn't going to work. Right. By the way, if your time period is not thirty years, then you have to adjust the four percent rule. By the by way, by the way, if go go ahead, Gary. I was going
3: to say, by the way, if tax rates go up, this kind of shoots this plan in the foot.
1: Well, that's got to be part <laughs> of your spending, right? And
3: your planning.
1: You know, that's what people say. Well, how do taxes fit in, Mark? And say taxes fit in just like any other expense. The, the the taxes goes into your mandatory expense, right. the fifty percent, right. <laughs> That's where it goes. Mm-hmm. So if, if taxes go higher, you've got to reduce something else. Right. Um, and really. What I was going to say, though, Carrie, that, that, that also, by the way, if 5% is too rosy for you, because that's what Benjamin used, a 5% rate of return, then you've got to adjust it.
3: Right, because some people may be not comfortable with the market and then put things in different positions, well, that means you want a more conservative growth rate.
1: Okay. So, but if he's starting with 685,000, so the 4% in year one, it's 27,874. Okay. So about 28,000. Okay, but he's also, you know, a lot of people are going to have other retirement income. Social
3: security, if you're talking 67.
1: Right, and and, and spousal social security. Right. Or maybe the spouse is going to have as much social security as your social security.
3: Or maybe you have a pension somewhere.
1: So I'm Mm -hmm. just assuming running the numbers based on this type of level of client or this level of uh, wage earner, their projected social security by, you know, going out in 2037 would be about $48,000. Okay, and then the spot even a half spousal about you know half of that right. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're going to have you know with you know so you take the social security, the spousal social security, you know forty eight plus another twenty four plus the twenty eight thousand dollars coming out of the investment withdrawal. You're looking at a total retirement income of about a hundred thousand. Okay. So are they in the ballpark? Hmm. OK, well, if we go back to the 50, 30, 20 plan, if they followed that, you know, remember we said in the beginning, you, you know, that by the time they got to 67, if you just take that 50 and 30 percent together, in other words, if they were able to maintain their lifestyle and that parameter, because when you retire, you don't have to worry about the 20 percent savings anymore. Right, Gary. Right. So now you're just to the 80 percent that you were accustomed to spending. OK, so based on some inflation that combined is about one hundred thousand. OK. OK. So are we, are they in the ballpark? Possibly. 12,000 yeah. a thousand a month could they shave off? Perhaps, if they were much more than 12,000. Okay. Gary, I don't know. Um so this is where you start you know looking at um you know how you start dovetailing a couple of financial ideas together. In this case, the 50/30/20 rule. And the 4% rule. But the point is you've got to customize those for your own circumstances. But, you know, the robots today have gotten so much better that we can run these different scenarios Mm -hmm. that really the power of doing is, is that you don't have to just use a rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. You can manipulate or, or massage or adjust the rule of thumb slightly to fit your lifestyle, to fit your plan. That's the power of it. It's, 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 it's. In other words, that's the point. You don't have to rely on these old rules our parents did because they didn't have robots that could crunch all the numbers. Right. They had to do stuff that they could do in their head or on a simple calculator. They weren't running multiple scenarios. See, today we don't have to. You know, we don't have to limit ourselves to one rule right. for everyone who can right. follow a mirror.
3: And that generation, Mark, even when we started, had pensions. They had, they didn't have to pay for health care. I mean, they, they're, and they weren't spenders. They didn't have a lot of debt. I mean, times were different which certainly now it's gotten much more complicated. And that's what we do at the estate planning team, run those scenarios. Actually, one of the first steps when we get a handle on people's assets is really trying to define what retirement is, or if you're in retirement, what spending would you like to do that maybe you're not? Um, And you can call the estate planning team and take advantage of a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com.
1: All right, grandparents out there please listen up okay if you get a call from your grandson or someone who sounds like your grandson or someone who says that he's an attorney for your grandson or someone who says he's a police officer who just arrested your grandson any of those calls in the middle of the night or in the morning mm-hmm. I don't care when you get the call it's not your grandson hmm please verify, understand that
3: or verify
1: all right um, you know it's a scam. Okay, this is a story out of Kansas City Police Department. They're saying these are still working. All right? Trust me, Grandpa. If your grandson was really arrested and he had the one phone call, like you used to hear in the Dick Tracy, he had the one phone call, he's not calling you. He's going to call his mom or dad.
3: I don't know in my house. I think they're my kid's Probably be all right, off parents, parents. No, I'm saying I go don't. home right now and tell
1: your malicious millennials: if you right. get arrested, don't call grandpa first. Right. Call me. Right. And then after you have that discussion with them, go to your parents and say, uh, "Grandma, grandpa, believe me, if if you get a call from Johnny who's who says he's in in trouble and needs help, right. it's not him. Right. Because right. I told Johnny to call me, mom first. Right. Or by the way, grandparents, if you get this call, all right. And, and you're wondering if it's, it's true, real? call your parents of your grandson, right.
3: or you could always actually look up the number now and call the police department of wherever,
1: um, you know, it, That's it's terrible. And I don't care how much he sounds like your grandson. I don't care if he knows a lot about your grandson through social media. The crooks know everything about your grandson. OK, uh, you know, your grandson's taking, uh, you know, he's on a uh, spring break down in a hostel down in, uh, you know, Daytona Beach, uh, spending time with 20 strangers. He, he was talking all night about his background. You think well, not
3: even that? Yeah. You think about Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Snapped all these. Don't things. get me
1: started, Carrie.
3: I don't use that.
1: If I read another case where a grandparent was pulled in you know and and, and they rushed out to Home Depot to buy 1000 thousand dollar uh uh ATM cards to send to the crooks to get their grandson out of uh, jail. And
3: by the way, if they're asking you to do that, that's really not how it typically works.
1: It's a scam. Right. Oh, I need I need a client. That's day. terrible. I need I need, did you do Hooga last
3: weekend, yeah? Huga? No, I did not. No, no. I shoveled.
1: No, I, I did not. Huga. Down.
3: That did sound good, but no, I did not.
1: I got to play some Huga music
0: here.
3: I was I was a productive weekend. You nope. we ever heard the song,
0: Kirk? Sunshine. Oh
3: yeah.
0: On my shoulders makes
3: me happy. It's John Denver, right? He
1: good. He been, he's been gone for over twenty years. It's hard oh my god,
3: wasn't a plane
2: wreck? Yeah, his or, own. Yeah. Yeah. Sunshine.
1: He wrote the song back in about 72, okay.
2: 73 You think he wrote like this, this, this on, song. A, on a
1: warm summer day in Colorado high in Colorado?
3: Yeah, I like this song Not exactly Sunshine. No. This
1: is the way he explains it I wrote the song in Minnesota at a time I call <laughs> late winter, early spring It was a very dreary day, gray and slushy The snow was melting and it was too cold to go outside and have fun But God, you were ready for spring You want to get outdoors again, and you're waiting for that sun to shine, and you remember how sometimes just the sun itself can make you feel good. And in that very melancholy frame of mind, I wrote Sunshine on My Shoulder. Do you think you thought it was going to be a hit, or that the record company thought it was going to be a hit?
3: I I don't know.
1: Not really. Because when they released it as a single, it was on the B-side. You don't remember the A and B-side. Oh, side. yeah, I oh, do. I had the 45.
3: Or... I have a few. Right.
1: It was the B-side.
3: Okay, because the B-side were not the songs yeah. that made it to the radio. Does
1: anybody remember the A-side?
3: Yeah, the A-side is always the ones that were the hit. I'd
1: rather be a cowboy.
0: Hmm. I think this oh, song was remembered this...
1: a little bit more. You think the song affected anybody?
3: I would say yes.
1: Okay. It was the number one hit. Okay. Um, and it was, it, it was interesting. Here's one. It has about nine, over nine, ten million hits on YouTube. Okay. And you know how sometimes YouTube uh, mm-hmm. listeners leave comments. This is one comment. My grandmother is living her final days. As we were saying goodbye one night last week, I noticed the day's last sunlight sneaking through the blinds. Remembering that this was one of her favorite songs, I fired up the video and started singing it to her. She immediately remembered the words and sang along. Knowing that our mind and body were at peace for five minutes was a beautiful way to conclude our evening. And while I have decades of wonderful memories, I'll always cherish those blissful five minutes. This, This song is five minutes of bliss. And so, if you get too caught up in the headlines and the politics, um, maybe some of you might want to fire this song up and really take account of what's important, what you need to be worried about, you and your family. Try to control things that you control. Don't worry so much things that are totally beyond your control.
3: All right. Come in for a free consultation or check out our website. Call the estate planning team. We can help at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com.